The biggest gaming weekend of the year is finally here. It's the Midwest Gaming Classic in downtown Milwaukee, Wisconsin. With over 150,000 square feet of retro and modern home video game consoles, pinball machines, arcade games, tabletop, and more. Meet industry entertainers from the video game industry, such as YouTubers, artists, and gaming professionals. Kids 9 and under are free. Grab your tickets online at MidwestGamingClassic.com. Welcome to the next level. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Midwest Gaming Classic podcast. I'm your host, Jason Garris, panel director of the Midwest Gaming Classic. What is it about transferring a digital game to the screen that often leaves fans wondering what went so wrong? The Nostalgia Critic crew discusses many of the misses in video game adaptations and what they feel could improve those films moving forward. Get ready for an entertaining panel from the 2022 Midwest Gaming Classic at the Wisconsin Center. And you know what? Enough of me talking. Why don't we get to the panel? is talking about uh, video game movies and just what the hell's wrong with them, man. Uh, although, in my opinion, I think we're getting a few good ones. Uh, uh, but, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, before we start, we're just going to go uh, down the line and uh, see who we are. And then we're going to kind of give our thoughts about video game movies, why a lot of them don't work and the few that we think do work, why they think they work. And uh, then about halfway through, we're going to open it up to you because we like kind of uh, having interactions and stuff like that. So if you're like, you have a thought about why some do work or don't work or uh, some problems with it or strengths with it, uh, you know, just kind of having a general uh, uh, conversation here. So uh, we'll just start down here with who you are. Uh, my name's Brad Jones. I play the Cinema Snob on Channel Awesome that does like uh, exploitation movies, old B movies. I think I've played a couple of B movies on there too. <laughs> <laughs> there has to be some porn parodies of video games on there. Sonic the Badgehog. Yeah. <laughs> video game movie adaptations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Doug Walker. I got a show called Nostalgia Craig where I'll talk about uh, all sorts of like nostalgic properties in uh, uh, movies and TV shows and one of the things we do talk about quite a bit is uh, video game movies and usually how bad they are. Uh, hi, my name is Malcolm Ray and I... <laughs> no, my name is Farah Muhammad. I do the... Um, the intro sequences to Nostalgia Critic, I also do a little bit of acting, a little bit of stand-up comedy, and uh, overall just being a very, very good guy, a very nice guy with a very big laugh, so that's fun. <laughs> Let's hear a little bit of that laugh. <laughs> <laughs> <There you go. laughs> right. um, I'm Heather Roos, I am the channel awesome Twitch queen, and yes, yes. that is my official title. <laughs> so I run the like behind the scenes and programming of our Twitch channel, and I'm occasionally on uh, the Nostalgia Critic and Top 5, well, before and did R.I.P. Um, <laughs> and transcription and things like that, but mostly Twitch. 
I'm Jim Jiras. I work in this Dodger Critic. I make and design all the props and sets and stuff like that uh, that we use and occasionally appear in a video or two. And uh, I also co-host uh, Awesome Comics and Coffee on Twitch as, as a recent Walter Renesian. Uh, all right, so uh, like I said, for the first half of this, we're going to be just sort of talking up here, and then we'll open it up to you. Uh, but I thought it's ironic because we come from you know these uh, YouTube shows. But what I'm actually going to quote, or at least reference, is uh, another YouTube channel. Uh, have any of you seen the channel uh, Cosmonaut Variety Hour? Yes. Is it? Oh, oh y'all got some homework, man. It's a very, very good channel, and he does talk about video games, video game movies, and very, very funny, very smart. But something he brought up, he did a video on why a lot of video game movie adaptations don't work, and I think he kind of hit the nail on the head. He said the setup for video games, just the initial idea, no matter how much they become more and more like movies uh, and shows and series and stuff, is that there's still an element of you're the main character, you're interacting, it's about the choices you make and when you make them and how you make them. Uh, and in movies, yes, there's a main character element in that, but at the core, it's about giving you this experience that you're the one going through it. And there have been like movies and shows that had main characters that kind of have a similar setup. I always said like, I call them blank slate characters, but that doesn't mean they're, they're flat and bland. It just means that they're supposed to be set up where you can more imagine yourself in that role, like Superman, Yes, has a personality, but it's this very all-American, straightforward personality. So you can imagine yourself as Superman. Kim Possible's another one, where I'm like, yeah, she has a personality, but it's still, you're supposed to imagine yourself, like, in high school, going on these adventures and stuff, and the, the uh, villains and side characters are more the extreme personalities that go after those two. Uh, so video games work a little bit more like that, where a lot of times you don't even see the main character in a video game, if it's from, like, you know, their point of view. And I think because of that, everyone thinks, well, these feel cinematic, so writing a story around it should be very straightforward, but that's not usually what draws people to games. Uh, it usually is that element uh, of choice and surprise and expectation, what's around there, and you're actually in the experience, instead. You, you are the experience, essentially, rather than watching someone go through that experience, which is more what movies and plays and stuff like that uh, are like. Um, also, I just feel like usually when they're made, people don't understand the games. They just think, I mean, not even with games, I feel like just properties in general, any franchise, you slap the name on there, they think, well, we got a crowd already. There's a guaranteed crowd that's going to go see this because they recognize this and they associate it with quality. They're going to want to see it. Uh, and then, like I said, I mean, we've all seen video game movies. We wouldn't be here if we weren't. Uh, a lot of them don't turn out that great, but, but there are a couple in my opinion. Um, I, I guess we can just go down the line too and just say, is there any other things you would add to that? Like why yeah. you think they usually don't work? I think that in some cases where you'll have a, a video game that has a very lush backstory and hours upon hours and hours to, de to devote to character and backstory and just a huge broad scope of um, story elements that go along with it and then trying to adapt that into a movie and trying to condense that into about a two-hour movie running time you're you're losing a lot in terms of translating that into a movie. It's kind of like I can I can compare it to making trying to make a movie version out of like a whole season's worth of a television series. Unlike last air like or something, something. yeah, like that. So it, some of it can feel kind of rushed or a little hollow, and you're just you're just not taking to the characters as much as you would in a very long, epic, huge story 
video games. So that, that can be kind of hard. Yeah, true. There's no time limit to games. It could be as long as, you know, the memory can hold in the graphics. Yeah, and even the story mode in, you know, Red Dead Redemption, for instance. Like, mm -hmm. hours of story there and plenty of time to devote to all of these characters and their story and their backgrounds. That can be hard if you're trying to squeeze all of that into a two-hour even something that would be like two and a half hours would be kind of hard if you're trying yeah. to fit all of that into, into that. Uh, any other um, stuff that anyone's like, oh yeah, here's another cool, or maybe not cool, but interesting reason why uh, a lot of video games don't translate that well? Yeah, I think that um, the opposite could also be true. I mean, you take a look, I mean, this isn't a video game, but it is a game. You take a look at the movie Battleship. It's a very, very simple premise <laughs> yeah. that that they had to like build a whole story around with like a love interest and Liam Neeson and all this sort of nonsense, and it, it kind of gets lost in the in the shuffle of it. Where uh, even in a game like even a movie like Doom, which basically you you, uh, you don't get a lot of backstory, you're just play, you're just plumped right down the middle of the um, of the action, and then you just fight your way through you know blood and guts and everything like that. But there isn't really a story involved, and you can't really translate that into a movie, so you have to build a whole bunch of other stories, you have to include references to the makers of the game, and then there's like one little section in Doom, the movie, where it looks like Doom the video game, yeah. and that's it. You know, and it, So yeah, there's, all, there's a lot of time compression, but there's also a lot of time elongation in that regard. On that note, we're next to the guy who made uh, Qbert uh, in the uh, vendor's hall, and I guess uh, someone was talking to him about there's a Qbert show, and I guess people came up to him and were just like, what were you smoking when you made that? And say, I say, what were they smoking? I know part of that. I don't know what to blah, blah, blah. And there was a time we lived through the 80s where they would do this, I mean, not just with movies, but like shows. Donkey Kong had a show. The freaking Rubik's Cube had a show. Yeah, How did they write a show around the Rubik's Cube? And they were just so clearly desperate for ideas and had nothing. It was just a popular franchise they wanted to explore. I, I can almost, <laughs> and I can almost respect that a little bit at least like no matter how it turns out it's like well they gotta come up with something yeah like, so i kind of like respect that a little like even though like, a battleship's very bad movie. So, <laughs> does anyone remember saturday morning supercade so yeah, they would have like Frogger, and they had to come up with a story for Frogger. I think that's where the Cuber one comes from too. And so in this, Frogger is like a private detective, sidekick who's a turtle with a guy doing a Woody Allen impression. It's kind of like I oddly respect this. They had to come up with something. Uh, anything else that, yeah. Um, this just kind of builds more on what you all have said about the mostly world building, I guess, aspect of video games, too, that is hard to recreate on film just because the time constraints, like you said. Um, I think one of the best video game medias, not movies, but media so far that I've seen is Arcane. If you haven't seen Arcane yet, yes. it's fantastic. But what made that interesting and special is you don't have to know anything about League of Legends to jump into it, but they use the base lore in such an accessible way, an interesting way, to an audience, that if we could see more of that even in a movie, it'd be great. Uh, I've never but played I'm, League of Legends, and that's like one of my favorite shows. Right, <laughs> right. But I'm interested to see now where they're going to go with more video game series. Like, I'm a little worried about this Last of Us series that they're doing, because I think Joel and Ellie's story has been told. If you want Joel and Ellie's story, play Last of Us. Mm. That's the best way that you can experience that story. It's in its perfect media already. But they did so much world building with that world. 
tell me a different story. Mm. What else is happening in this world of Last of Us? Yeah. Tell I, me what else is happening. Castlevania is another good example yeah. of uh, really taking, like, how do you turn that in? I mean, I guess there's kind of a story, but how do you make it like a story for adults? Like, that's right. one of those 80 Saturday morning yeah. cartoons right. I could see. Uh, but they really turned that into, like, a Game of Thrones-type <laughs> series. Like, it was really impressively done. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, th I think that's a really good point. Yeah, and also, like, I feel like sometimes when you start a video game, the main character isn't always the most likable person. <laughs> and, like, that's hard. But you know you're going to go on a journey with that person. So, like, they're making a movie of It Takes Two. Did anyone else besides me and Tamara play It Takes Two? I played a little bit. Okay. They're making a movie of that, and I don't quite know how that's going to translate, because when you start that game... The, pe the main characters are kind of awful people. <laughs> like, they're going through this divorce, and they're really awful to each other, and they, like, literally neglect their child. Like, you see these seeds where, like, they're laying on the couch, and she's like, Mommy, can I have a snack? And, like, she's just like, how are you going to translate that to a movie? Like, I'm fine playing that game, because I know we're going to go on this journey and see how they transform from, like, these, th their relationship throughout the whole thing. And part of what made that game special too is the different worlds that they travel to. How are you gonna condense that into two hours? I don't have the answer, I don't. I don't, but I know it's not an Amazon movie produced by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> That's what I do know. <laughs> hey, Super Pets is gonna be amazing. <laughs> but, but again, too, what you're saying, because even that setup, I mean, I feel like, that's almost like a honey, you know, shrunk the kids setup, or one of the sequels, or something like that. I'm like, I've heard this story before a million times, but again, in in the game, because you're also kind of those characters, uh, I think that makes a big difference too. So it's like, yeah, you're right, they are very unlikable, and as you're playing through, it's like you're seeing them change, but you're also helping them change. You're right. you're like it's, you yeah, know doing this stuff. You're you're participating, and you're kind of living through them as well, which movies can do too. But you know, in a game, you are literally making the choices. You're not just sitting there and watching it. Mm -hmm. uh, so, no, I think that's a really good point. Right, because uh, often yeah. people say, oh, I'd love to see a Life is Strange movie. I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. Like, if, if yeah. you want to experience Life is Strange, play it. I, I'm with you about <laughs> Last of Us, too. I don't know how that's... I, I'm sure it'll be, like, fine or whatever, but I'm excited I to see know. it, but... I, 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 again, I, it's a great game. I see it being a very routine, sort of done-to-death movie. Right. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't that new for a movie, so right. I don't know. Right. Um, yeah, so, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, Jim, how about you? No, I would say, I mean, uh, I think that really the, the only progression really is, is like a series, because that's the only way to really build on a world and stuff like that. Um, a world is so complex. Uh, I will say kind of the, like, the opposite. I feel like... As someone who didn't have to play a lot of video games, you know, but I've seen a lot of movies, like sometimes I'll see a video game movie that's like, eh, the movie's okay. I didn't play the game though, so it didn't offend yeah. me. Like, you know, like I didn't take anything away from it as far as like, you know, like, oh man, you totally fucking with that game. Like, that was, that was such a cool game. But, um, but that's also not the demographic that they're going for when they're making these movies. You know what I mean? Like, they're doing it because they have like the, the built in fan base, but they're not really making it a smooth that, like, yeah. for those people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with that said, uh, before we open up here, uh, people here, uh, maybe we should go down the line and say what video game movie or movies we actually like. Because I'm, I'm hoping all of us have at least one. <laughs> yeah. Do we got? Yeah, I'm you. Street Fighter? Really? <laughs> well, I'm not saying it's good. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> it's fun. Like it's like I can definitely see how this is an adaptation. Like so. <laughs> 
But it's, I was always entertained by it. Like, I'm like, this is never boring. Um, Raul Julia makes this worth every freaking penny. So, um, and also it does take me back to being a kid when I watch something like that. Because there are some of those, like when we did that riff recently on Super Mario Brothers, terrible movie. But watching it again as an adult, so entertaining. I know, I'm like, this is taking me back to being a kid. And even kind of missing some of these kind of special effects, uh, set design, the script is awful. But I'm like, this, man, some of these special effects are like really kind of solid and sort of hold up. And that does bring up a good point. There are some ways that are so bad they are enjoyable. Like, I, we did do a riff at a con uh, a couple months ago of the Mario Brothers movie. That was like the first time I've seen it in years. And it... When you just question why for everything, not just why this movie exists yeah. or why it looks like this and why it's not like the game, but why did that person say that that way? Why did they even say that at all? Why did that person go into that room? Why was this choice? It is so entertaining, especially Good. Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Nothing he says is like a human being. If you're just to be like, you know, the line is, hi, how are you? Most people say, hi, how are you? It's like Dennis Hopper is Koopa say, hi, how are you? Like, it's just so it's, it's the only time a movie like that could have happened. Yeah. yeah. Where you're like, let's make a Super Mario Brothers. What should that be like? Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be interesting to look back now. It'd be like the time that the other Mario movies being made now. Let's make a Mario movie. Who's going to voice him? Chris Pratt. <laughs> you know, it's like, it'll be fun to see these like yeah. show a moment in time. Uh, there's two video game movies I legit like in terms of like no I think they're entertaining I think they're like the game uh, I did like uh, Tomb Raider the Angelia Jolie one even though it's corny and makes no sense in everything I thought the character was very much what I want to see in a video game character like just this adrenaline junkie that just wants to go and find like weird places to explore and the shit comes to life and she's like I don't care and just fucking shoots it and stuff I mean <laughs> That stuff was so much fun to me, and uh, also uh, Sonic 2, I thought was a very fun video game movie. Uh, and again, I feel like that, even though it's in the real world, which is kind of odd, it's representing what I love in the games. It's just going from weird thing to weird thing, and it feels like the 90s extremes and cliches I really like. Like, we're just going to snowboard down this mountain because reasons, you know? Um, and uh, But even with the first one, because I didn't get into the first one, but what I found is a lot of people connected just with seeing this character they love, like, have a little bit more of, like, a soul and a personality, like, connecting to these people and him being, like, a kid and stuff like that. So I can get that more and more. To me, I didn't... That wasn't Sonic to me. I'm like, no, no, he's got to run through some weird 90s shit, you know, or something like that. Uh, so, but, but I thought that second one was a lot of fun because I, I, I do like those games. And I thought, man, this is what I want to see, like this fast, crazy movie where just anything can be thrown at you. Hmm. Um, E.T. E.T. the game the movie. That's right. E.T. the game the movie. That's right. And also, you know. They did do that. The Angry Video Game movie. That's pretty much E.T. the game the movie. Actually, yeah, that, actually, that is a very, very good contender there. The Angry <laughs> Game Nerd movie is a very enjoyable movie. I was going to say, and this is highly, highly um, uh, unpopular, Ready Player One really entertained me oh, in the I theater. There's, I know there's a lot of groaning and all sorts of things. The thing is that that particular movie kind of struck a, a nice chord with me, given the fact that, one, it's about virtual reality, and I love virtual reality. Two, it feature, the very ending of the movie featured... Uh, adventure on the Atari 2600, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they even mentioned Ron Robin, that the, the creator of the game and everything like that. So it was like a real, it was a nice 
little homage to Atari history and everything like that. So it's it's not a good movie at all, but it is one that really that, that really spoke to me in, in, in such a way. And plus, the book also makes a reference of like you know acting out a movie and you know seeing the words on the screen and everything like that. And I'm thinking, oh, they're doing a movie scene karaoke, which is something I do back in Chicago as well. So you know the, 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 that particular movie was like, it was, it was kind of it was kind of decent for me. Plus, you can, Spielberg, you can't go wrong with some Spielberg. There. So that's fun. When I saw that movie, was the first time I ever like fangirl squealed without even expecting myself to because I'm a huge Mobile Suit Gundam fan. Like that's my favorite yeah. anime. So to see the Gundam on American movie on big screen, I was just like, <laughs> saw it with my husband. He was like, Heather, my God. I was like, I'm sorry. It, it was just a visceral reaction. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but I guess my favorite video game movie is uh, Detective Pikachu. No oh, surprise coming yeah. from the girl in a Pokemon dress, but I just really enjoyed Detective Pikachu. There was something really fun, and I like when, I've said this before, just not even, not even with video games, but even books and things like that, I like when if you're taking another piece of media and translating it into a movie or a series, that you add a new and interesting element to it. So I really enjoyed like seeing some of the not redesigns, but some of the designs of the Pokemon that they chose in that world too, and how they incorporated some of that into that world. Um, so I just, I, I enjoyed the fact that Pikachu a lot. It was fun. I thought for someone that doesn't know a ton about Pokemon, it, it was neat seeing a world where it's like, oh yeah, these things just walk around with everybody. They look real enough. They don't look like they're really there, but you know, they have like textures and skins and stuff mm -hmm. like that, where it's just like, oh, that's okay. Like, yeah. I, I see as an adult looking back, it's like, if I was a kid watching Pokemon, I was like, okay, I get this. I understand why this would be like so attractive to so many people, because it's cool just seeing these neat creatures, uh, like a whole city full of them. Yeah. Uh, kind of thing. Would you, Jim? Uh, I'm with you. Actually, I, I kind of enjoyed the first Tomb Raider movie. I yeah. thought it was like, it delivered like, exactly what I was expecting, I guess, so I wasn't mm -hmm. like disappointed or anything like that. I was still entertained enough, especially for the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, but like, yeah. Uh, arcane, though. I mean, it's not a movie. Right, but that's, uh, that's just, so Yeah. Yeah. If anyone has not seen the show, it's on Netflix. Their animation department really needs help right now. So yeah, the more you can watch it, man, uh, the better. It really is like when I saw it, that was like that was like me seeing Avatar: the Last Airbender, or like Batman: The Animated Series for the first time. It's like, whoa, this is like a groundbreaking. I've never seen anything like this series. So yeah, if you haven't checked it out, definitely check it out. Uh, so cool. Uh, with that said, uh, I think we're just gonna open up to you guys. If you have anything that's like. You know, you think is a strength of video game movies, or a weakness, or one you love, one you hate, or anything like that. Uh, yeah, just raise your hand, and uh, we'll talk about it a bit. Yeah. Um, oh, so and we even got a microphone. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, so the thing I, I feel that most early video game adaptations, mostly of the '80s and '90s, um, and this doesn't mean they're necessarily bad or anything, but I feel like the one weakness that those adaptations had is that games around that time, the NES and the Sega Genesis era, didn't have that many stories to them. So when you get shows like, I mean, it's easy to quote figures of the Super Mario Brothers movie, but like, when you get shows like uh, Captain N and the uh, <laughs> interpretation of uh, Simon Belmont and yeah. Man and Kid Icarus and all that, uh, and like, but now with like all the games we have and all the story that's been built up, it's so fun to go back to those shows and see like, this is not Simon Belmont would be like, you know, no. <laughs> or like people like Mega Man would. What I like, what I like about Simon Belmont in that show, if you haven't seen this show, it's all these Nintendo characters like brought together in the '80s, and it's very 
late 80s, early 90s, I should say. And uh, Simon Belmont from Castlevania, you know it's just some guy. It's like, uh, so what does he look like? Oh, he's a guy who wears leather, is in a skirt, and has a whip. Well, of course he's going to sound like this. What would go on? And his very face. I mean, it's one of those things that you can just tell they never played the game. Uh, so, and... Same yeah, which has oh, almost the exact same voice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and but that's what, and it makes me more hopeful for uh, the upcoming Mario movie. And that's why I like the two Sonic movies because now those two characters have like more defined universes and stories in them. Um, it's more of an identity too. Exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, that's why I feel like with the Mario movie, and even though it has some very questionable casting choices, um, I feel like they have more of a chance to do something that's more faithful to the games and the universe. Um, and I mean, they have they have Shigeru uh, Miyamoto on board, who's the creator of Mario. So it's like. I'm with you. I, I, I want I want to know what their idea is before I totally write it off. You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah, no, that's really cool, man. Thanks so much. Uh, anything else that people want to say? Yeah, back there, uh, blue jacket. Coming around to you there. <laughs> Oh, oh, Metroid. Metroid. Yeah, I, 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 honestly, Samus, me too. Samus, like Super Metroid. Uh, I, I agree. I'll, I'll say one for and my brother couldn't be here uh, uh, today. He's not feeling well. Uh, so I'll say what he always says: uh, Zelda. Uh, I, I think would be a good movie. But in terms of first choice, I'm with you. I'd say Metroid. Yeah. I see the board parody of Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> it really is a master sword. It is. It's called Legend of Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was about 16 years old, I wanted to put together a movie version of Tempest. Um, I even got in contact with the creator of Tempest, Dave Toyer, about um, seeing if there was going to be some sort of collaboration. Unfortunately, I told him I was 17 years old and I never heard from him again. So, uh, That's cool you reached out though, man. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was very good at my detective work and finding out people about old Atari employees' phone numbers. It was the weirdest thing. Yeah. <laughs> You're in at a strange place. Anyway. Uh, how about you? Um, no, you have anything? You want to see Tetris or something? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the movie. God <laughs> Or I'll say this too. I always wanted to see a Wreck-It Ralph sequel that more explored that video game world. I thought it would have been cool if they like got even more of like the market. And actually, using Pog maybe think I'm like, how funny it would be if just Pog was in Wreck-It Ralph, just these two sticks walking yeah. around with like, at some point if they got a fight, they just hit the ball everywhere and stuff. I think there's, but no, they go on the internet. The, the Disney safe internet. Pong did make an appearance in the first Wreck-It Ralph. It's oh, a did very it? small cameo, but you can see them in the background hitting a ball between them. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, yeah. well, there you go. My worst computer, I guess. <laughs> awesome, we got room, right? Yeah, uh, cool. Uh, yeah, wait, yeah. Alright, so you asked for what we think our strengths are in, uh... Well, in, in, like, what strengths of video game movies, yeah. Um, in my opinion, I think it's a really good thing when video game movies distance themselves from the actual games, and they kind of, like, turn into their own plot. Like, there can be people out there that might critique a movie on how it's not faithful to the games. Um, I'm gonna use the Uncharted movie as an example. Like, the Uncharted games, they're, like, the most closest to cinema video games can ever get. 
aside from like Heavy Rain and Intel Dawn, like those kind of games. Yeah. So in my opinion, like the Uncharted movie and Sonic movies, you know, they do their own spin on the franchise. I think it's more unique rather than just trying to put the video game on the on the cinema screen, in my opinion. Well, yeah, I think it helps to it is because no matter what, you have to make changes when you make uh, an adaptation uh, to movies, whether it's from a book or a video game or anything like that. Uh, it, to me, and it's it varies, and again, it's subjective whether or not they some do and some don't. But uh, if you can capture like the essence of the original source material, uh, I, I think it's doing it well. I, I've seen adaptations where it doesn't look or sound at all like the original, but somehow it's still got the soul in there. Um, I, I think you were saying you liked the Uncharted movie, I did. Right? The Uncharted movie was fascinating to me. Uh, because, like, I didn't think it was bad, but it wasn't great, but it was fun. But, like, you're saying they, they did different things, but then they also took direct scenes from the game as well, while also trying to do their, their own thing. It was just... It was fascinating, but like not like a car crash bad fascinating. It was just really interesting, the choices that they made. Um, and I even said this when I was playing through the Uncharted games. Uh, I think Uncharted 3 is one of the weakest in the series, but also somehow the most cinematic. So it made sense that they were pulling scenes from Uncharted 3, because even though it's the gameplay is some of the weakest in the series, it's the most cinematic of the series. Um, but it was just, it was a fascinating movie to me. Again, I didn't hate it. I enjoyed it. I had a great time, because it was doing its own thing and like showing some really cool, like video games and movies get a pass at this sometimes, and just like, the rule of cool. Like, yeah, no, cool, I totally agree. I'm not gonna question it. I'm not gonna question it if it looks cool. And I think both the Uncharted games and movie were doing that. And I'm like, I'm not even. I'm not gonna ask questions. Like, it's just cool. Sure, fine. Yeah, that, that's like me Let's with Sonic. Right. That's like me with Sonic too. Because some people are like, well, which one's better? The the first one has more heart and character, but the second one is like actually a Sonic movie. <laughs> you know, like, where he's actually running around and doing something. The first one he's just shoved in a car. But I know what they're saying. It's like, there's character. I get that. But I'm not there for, I'm there for cool. I'm there for cool, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> That's how I hear what you're saying. Uh, cool. Uh, you got another one? Hey, yeah, go ahead. So, with video games crossing into board games and board games crossing into video games and video games into film and film and back, do you think there's any potential for board games to enter into the film or television series now, like Savage Catan or Terraforming Mars or maybe that back and forth? Ah, okay. I, 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 I was like, sorry, the movie. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, I've always said. Candyland would be a spectacular movie. Oh, right. Like, like yeah. when Battleship was coming out, they like had this plan where there was going to be a Candyland movie and a few others, but the Battleship didn't do very well. So yeah, you hear about those projects again. Candyland's only one where I'm just like, I don't even care what the story is. I mean, literally, you could just have people just walking through, no story at all. I just yeah. want to see that damn place. I think they are, yeah. Monopoly. But no, some of the more complicated uh, games, like, you know, maybe like Settlers of Catan, but Terraforming Mars would be an interesting movie to, an interesting movie to make out of that game. Or maybe like the, the movie Pandemic would also be another one there, too. That would be interesting, yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with it, because you're right, there is just so much crossover happening more and more, and it's fun seeing where that line, you know, gets blurred and everything. So, uh, yeah, no, it will be pretty interesting. Yeah, no, for sure. Especially in modern, like we're saying, in modern board games, there are a lot more lore involved, and it really, the potential for that is great. As long as, I think, 
this is just a general rule no matter what you're making. Put some heart into it. Mm. Like, don't just re... Don't call... Okay, there's a Uno movie coming out in a little while. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it sounds like a disaster. It's being produced in Star's Little Yachty, and it's a oh heist God, movie? No. I don't know what's going why did you? Why are you calling that Uno? Why is that Uno? Yeah. If you just like someone had a script and was like, I don't know, it's gonna be Uno. <laughs> 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 or even the, reverse, the reverse even happens with like movies that get turned into board games. Like, don't just reskin Monopoly again, Jesus yeah. Christ! Like, <laughs> that, that's how it was born. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think even with, with those kind of board games, too, it kind of you run into the same problem because we were talking about this on one of the shows with Dungeons and Dragons. Trying to turn that into a movie is almost impossible because the whole purpose of playing Dungeons and Dragons is to create a character that's right. unique to you and you're experiencing the, this adventure. If you're going to make a fantasy movie and put it in a fantasy world, then just make an original property. Like, you know, but it's always they're banking on the name or whatever of mm. Dungeons and Dragons. And, and a way it's in it, of course. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah. Can we get the next one from somewhere on this side of the audience? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. uh, you know, it's interesting because right before this, uh, the panel was talking about what kind of movies like Star Trek Motion Picture and Secret of Nim and, um, you know, the Jetsons movie. And, and it struck me that what was really fun about those was just this uh, ability to live in this, this movie, right? This uh, world that they created. And that, that was always what was fun about video games. You had these fantastic worlds to live in, but then when they go to the movie, they try to like create something that was real world that wasn't the fantastic world. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I wonder if part of what we're seeing with movies getting better is they're taking that fantastic world and they're giving it to us and letting us live in it. You know, much in the way like Sonic 2 is better than Sonic 1 because it's not the world that you know uh, we live in every day, it's this fantastic world that we want to go visit and, and spend time in. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and again, sort of point out the one thing that movies are never fully going to get with uh, video game adaptations is that when you're doing a video game, you really can explore, especially now with games. You can just explore everything. Where in a movie, you have to stick to the plot. You have to go around, you know, to wherever the character goes and stuff like that. So it's always going to be something that holds it back, um, uh, sadly. Sometimes it'll be a budget thing where you'll see, we saw this a lot in the 80s too, like where... Mathematics. <laughs> no, 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 less that and more like the, the plot would somehow revolve around these characters from this fantastical world somehow ending up in yeah, Congress. Uh, yeah. Like, like, uh, oh no, they're in New York! It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like we saw that, like, you know, the 80s masters of the universe. Yeah. Yeah. Beastmaster 2. Yeah. <laughs> The 2010 uh, Smurfs movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Italian movies with Outlaw Gordon. <laughs> the first Sonic film? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the first Sonic movie. Maybe that's why I was like, when I saw that movie, I go, well, this is. I've seen worse as far as this kind of plot goes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, we, we already heard from you. Let, let's go ahead. I think we have some people over here, I think. Yeah. I'm sorry, which is very hurt from before. So, with video game movies and stuff like that, in terms of like where you think a movie would find success, and like if you're making a video game movie about the characters of the world, I guess, which, which one do you think is going to be more successful? If you have your video game movie back, ah, oh, here's our Laura Croft Tomb Raider movie, focus on Laura Croft, 
versus perhaps something that's not a movie, but like something like Arcane, you're building this whole world and a cast of characters, you're focused on all that background and lore. Which do you think is going to find more success in, in film? Well, I mean, preferably both. I mean, even when you mentioned Arcane, I'm like, I think it did both pretty good. It has some really good characters and good world building. Uh, and I, I think it's the same thing where uh, it just depends what connects with people because you do it, you know, you have like Avatar the movie. I, I mean, I think even people that love that movie are like, oh, I don't remember the characters at all, you know, but they love that world. But then something like Sonic, nobody remembers the, in the first one, nobody remembers the world, it's just our world, but they love the character. Uh, so I think it's just, again, playing to whatever the strength is and can it grab a person enough to say, yeah, that was worth it, but I would pay to see that again. Uh, and a lot of it comes down to personal preference, too. So I don't know. I mean, again, I would love both. Uh, but my argument is usually if you have a good character, that's enough to carry you through something. But I think a lot of people do want those vast worlds and say, you know, again, where they feel like they can get lost in it, too. Uh, so... Uh, so yeah, I'm not sure. I think you definitely have to at least believe you're watching that character. That was a problem I had with the Uncharted movie, where I'm like, no, this isn't either one of these characters. This is Sony saying this actor's popular and that actor's popular. Put them in the movie. <laughs> um, and so I think at, at the very least, like, and, and that script is kind of what it was anyway, but at the very least, it, it's cool if you could at least get the characters down, because then you could maybe forgive a little bit. Maybe not say it's a good movie, but at least you can see these characters that you really like now translated into a movie. We have Tom Holland on contract, and damn it, we're going to use him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say I think the world building is yeah. is what you need to, to build off of. Because as you even mentioned earlier, Doug, a lot of video games use the main character kind of as a projection of the player. And so it's hard to capture that in a film. And I think you do see that oftentimes with a movie where, again, Brad, you brought up the Uncharted movie where like so many people were like, well, that's not my Nathan Drake. It's like, yeah. well, maybe my Nathan Drake is different than your Nathan Drake because at the end of the day, I love those games, but who is Nathan Drake except a witty treasure hunter? What, what else... I mean, like, we know about his past and whatever, we do have a story for him, but at the end of the day, that he's just a, a witty treasure hunter. Um, and if you build a world in which that, though, that character or the main characters can thrive and make sense, then the story kind of lends itself and that world lends itself to building the characters. It's kind of the Indiana Jones thing. Like, it's not really until the third one that we find out anything about his backstory. He's the same thing. He's kind of a weird yeah. treasure hunter. He's a teacher, too, but yeah, it's like a side thing. Uh, so, yeah, that carried for two movies, and then the third one, you get his dad, and even then, we don't get too much of the childhood. So, yeah, I, mean, I think there is something to that. Uh, cool. What else we got here? Yeah. Yeah, on that note about characters, and that's why I typically think that video game movies aren't really that good because the characters tend to be one dimensional and flat as you guys have uh, mentioned. Uh, but I do pose this question, I was interested about the, if they were going to make Metroid, how would you guys think they should handle the character of Samus? How should they write Samus? Should they so be on thing or should they do more like a Brienne of Tarth, Gwendolyn Christie, kind of like more confident. I'm thinking, how, how, how should they go about that? Because um, I just think if they were to uh, 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 make a uh, Metroid movie, I think they would kind of screw up 
of the Sam's character. I want to know. It depends how they do it. Like, in my mind, I mean, now she'd be too old, but like, sort of the archetype, I would think, and like the actress, and kind of even the look would be, and I don't like this movie, but uh, in Prometheus, uh, Charlize Theron in that, I was like, yeah, that's how I imagine, like, she gets up, does her push-up, just gets on her gear, goes into these weird worlds, she's got her gun out, like, ready to go, and stuff, and you just kind of get her really fast. She's not, like, super complicated or anything. She's going to go get her bounty, you know, hand it in and stuff. And then I would say maybe do something like, I always kind of like the Super Metroid story, because suddenly it gets, like, it kind of gets personal, it kind of doesn't at the same time, uh, but you know, that there is an emotional connection that kind of starts there a little bit, and it's something everybody can identify with, and again, you're playing that scene. You're not watching a cutscene, you're like playing that out uh, near the end. Uh, so something along those lines, that'd be like just my fanscription, you know, fantasy writing, uh, but, but, but you, you want a movie too, how would you I imagine do. it? Well, Going back to even just what I said last time, I think the world building is almost more important than, mm. than Samus, because the games aren't called Samus. The games are Metroid. And what makes them interesting is like the planets and the creatures and how the relationship between them and Samus is, as a soldier as well. I mean, I would like her to be a strong, confident character, but I think the most important thing is getting down the world and the world building, because it is a Metroid game, first and foremost, not or Metroid movie, first and foremost, not Samus, the movie. <laughs> but I can under, like, I don't even know what the solution is to make a good Metroid movie, because I feel like Hollywood would get their hands on that and be like, ah, yes, you know what we need to do? Just find the most jacked lady and be like, Samus is here to save the day. What will girl power do for the universe today? <laughs> but that's not what those games are at all. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, I always like that she was a bounty hunter. Like, every time I'm playing these games, especially because the third one I played a lot, and uh, I always love it. It's like I say, it kind of turns into a personal story, but at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, she's just going, searching for shit sometimes, you know? There's a bounty on this, I'll grab this. Like, like, I love that. There wasn't, like, this super big backstory or anything uh, about her. And you're right, it's about exploring these worlds, yeah. Uh, yes, sir. I guess I'm just curious about the game growing so much. What do you think about them going into these miniseries now? Lots of games are getting into not just movies now, miniseries shows. I mean, we were talking about it a bit. I think we're all for it. Yeah, because yeah. they give them so much more yeah. time. Yeah, it's a medium from kind of thriving. 100%. Especially yeah. if you're using these worlds that are already richly built for you. Like, there's a Fallout show coming from Amazon. And that just makes so much sense. Why is there not a Fallout show before? Like, of course. The worlds of Fallout are so are so richly built already for you. Just make a series and a story within that world. Like, what about a kick-ass Skyrim series that's like has the budget of Game of Thrones? Like, write the write the coattails of that. Make a kick-ass Skyrim series. Series are, are the way to go, and I'm excited to see where they're going. And I think we didn't really touch on this, but I think another reason right now, especially in series, we're seeing a nice like resurgence of good video game media is because people and culture have finally accepted video games just aren't kid things. Yes. Like in yeah. the 80s and 90s there were like games that weren't always like just kids like something like Final Fantasy 6 or 7 had rich rich storylines and like weren't necessarily for kids or like Super Metroid like we've been saying has like a rich storyline but now Hollywood or whomever is starting to realize, oh, the audience for these 
aren't kids movies. Mm -hmm. We should be doing Arcane. We should be doing Last of Us. We should be doing Ghost of Tsushima. You know, mm -hmm. that's where that's where the money is now. So hopefully they're going to keep following that because people watch it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Okay, um... No, the other guy with the mic. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, now, I apologize if this question was already asked. Um, now, I read in a recent interview that, um, the, that director Jeff Ball, the director of the first of the two Sonic movies, he said he expressed interest in making a Super Smash Brothers movie. Um, now, if that were to happen, well, what are your thoughts on that? You need a really clever idea and clever writing. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying it can't be done. There's a lot of things I would assume could be done, and they were done fantastic. But uh, yeah, it's uh, you know like the Lego Movie. I was like, well, that sounds terrible. It was great. Into the Spider Verse. That sounds awful. It was fantastic. So I would hope it's something like that. But yeah, I you need some really really clever writing by really smart people who really give a shit about this stuff yeah. uh, and, and hopefully it turns guys I think we're out of time right are we about out here alright so uh, guys thank you so much we've got booth uh, downstairs in the vendor halls booth uh, 208 would love to see you down there and have a good time bye, bye. and that's it that's the Nostalgia Critic crew on what they think could be done better with movies coming from Hollywood and movies of the past, movies of the present, well, at that time, 2022, and uh, what they could improve on. I would like to thank Doug Walker and the crew from Channel Awesome for coming to the 2022 Midwest Gaming Classic. We appreciate it, and we look forward to seeing you again, all of you, again in the future. And uh, that will be it for this episode of the Midwest Gaming Classic podcast. Thank you for joining me, and I hope to see you again. I hope that you will be either watching or listening to the next podcast. And until then, take care, stay safe, and game on. When you decide to come out to this type of function, this type of experience, this type of gathering, Marvel Phenomenon, there is only one event to attend, the Midwest Gaming Classic, where you and the games are one. Classic. It's not just child's play.